Hey y'all, this is Mallory Irvin and it's time for all of us to live fully. It's so important in this crazy world of ours that we stay connected, inspired, and motivated to be and do our best. And that's not always easy. I'm here with my guests and friends to share the stories and lessons we've learned to help you live your best life every day and truly begin living fully. Let's make it happen and get started with today's episode. And welcome back to the Living Fully Podcast. I'm excited to bring you guys an amazing episode with my friend Ashley Lemieux today. If you guys don't know Ashley, Ashley actually was in one of the first three podcasts that I did on here talking about her journey with losing her children and her first book. And now she is out with another book and is on another journey that we'll talk about today. So for a brief intro, if you don't know Ashley, she's the founder and CEO of The Shine Project, an author now of two books, Born to Shine, which is the one we talked about first, and I Am Here, which is the new one. The Shine Project is an online community for women that helps them find support, resources, motivation, and encouragement to triumph over the challenges in their lives. She has empowered literally thousands of women to find purpose in their plan and find the courage to keep going. She's the host of the I Am podcast, and she lives in Phoenix with her husband and her dog. And if you guys follow Ashley on social media, you see that she recently lost baby at 15 weeks, which we're going to talk about today and how she's moved on and forward from that. It's truly inspiring given that so many women deal with that. And Ashley's just a real light in this space. And I'm really excited to bring you this podcast today. So here I am remotely with my friend, Ashley Lemieux. Hi. Hi. I miss you so much. I so wish we were in person again right now. I know it. Do you know, last time, if you guys listened to my podcast from the beginning, Ashley was in one of my first three episodes that dropped when the podcast launched, because I think Ashley's story and message is so important and so vital to living fully. I was like, I got to have this in the, out the gates. So, but you got to sit at my table and do it. And now I know she's in Arizona because they moved, but that's life. Sometimes you're called to move back home. And I think it was the right move for y'all, right? Oh, it definitely was, especially the timing of everything, which we'll probably get into later on, but I still miss you. Yes, I know you too. So last time, if you guys listened to my podcast with Ashley, Ashley is now an author of a second book that we're going to talk about today. And we're really going to talk about the message because it really pertains to living fully. When you've been through trials, repeated trials especially, it's like, how do you trust your life enough? How do you not stay in that pain? How do you truly go from what your, what your book says on the cover, from fear to freedom? And I really want to talk about that. The first book, Born to Shine, was a bestseller, did amazing, really documented you know, your first journey with loss but now you've got a new journey with loss and you're still shining a bright light through it all. Thank you. (laughs) Trying. Okay. So I just want to dive into this book because I think it really pertains to living a full life, being able to have trials and hard times and devastating blows that life hands you. Sometimes this has to be able to coexist with joy and faith and freedom, but so many people get stuck And you talk about that in this book. And I think that is just the best part about this book. So I want to jump right into that. 
Why do you think people get stuck in pain? Oh man, I love this question because I feel like there's so many reasons that we get stuck in pain. But one of the reasons is that I think that sometimes we misunderstand what healing is. Healing isn't about going back to a time before pain. I I feel like when something happens in our lives, we want so badly for it to just go back to normal, whatever normal was. And so we think that healing and moving forward means that at some point, point in the future, we, we must start feeling like we used to feel. We must start experiencing life like we used to experience it before the trauma or the loss or the grief happened. But what if we're not supposed to? What if we're, we're new now? We have a new experience that now has invited us to live life differently. And so I think a lot of pain happens when, when we try to fit ourselves back into the box that our life used to be, because healing isn't about going back to a time before pain. It's about finding the freedom and the courage to move forward with it. Mm. And once we can understand that pain can become a teacher instead of something that we are terrified of, then we're able to find some freedom in that. I actually want to read this quick sentence because I, I have it on in my office and I actually, it's so empowering to me that I start my book out with it. So it says, I am here. I am here in my life exactly as it is. I give myself permission to stop running. I give myself permission to be here and I accept a bright, fulfilling and powerful future. I am safe to be here and to dream again. For me, I think it's the it's the choice to stop running away from the reality of our lives and the power in our lives that allows us to stop being stuck is being able to realize that we don't have to stop running away anymore that we can give ourselves permission to just sit in it and then see what happens next. Yeah. Because no matter what has happened in your life, your story's not over yet. So I know you talked about in your first book, your experience with a devastating loss. That was kind of part of the story of the first book. And now you've come through that and you're on the other side, but you're still talking about this pain to freedom path. It's really been a through line with your story and something that you're so consistent with through your books and social media. And don't you feel like when you've made it through something like this before, it's a lot easier to at least have faith in the middle of it that I can make it through this. I know that there's light on the other side of this because I've seen it before. You know, that's actually a really interesting question. And I think this second you asked that, like both answers came into my head is yeah. like, yes. <laughs> and also no. So last year when my husband and I decided that we were ready to move forward again with growing our family and, and having more kids, we decided to try to get pregnant for the first time. And we did very quickly. And we were just so excited. It felt like truly like it was time to really start moving forward in our lives. We were rebuilding our family. We, we moved back home to Phoenix to be closer to family and just really have roots that made us feel just set somewhere. This was actually almost exactly a year ago. We were three days into to living in this new house. I literally one morning was planning the baby's nursery and I had just gone on a walk with my mom and COVID 
had just shut everything down. It was brand new. And later that day, I started, I was in a lot of pain. The long story short is I went septic at 16 weeks pregnant and in the hospital, my husband couldn't come with me because they had stopped allowing visitors. And so I'm fighting sepsis. We lost our baby, our baby boy. His name is Jace. And from that experience, that in that particular moment, I couldn't see the light anymore because so much was required of us emotionally, spiritually, physically, energetically to get into that place where we felt like, okay, life is moving forward again to have then the outcome be again, so heartbreaking, so detrimental. I almost lost my life. Like sepsis is sepsis has taken me almost a full year now to come back from like so many things happen. And so I think when you're in the moment of it, even if you've been through it before, for a second, the pain and the fear of everything kind of knocks you off mm-hmm. your faith and belief yeah. that, hey, I'm going to be okay because you're just trying, you're just trying to breathe. You're but then yeah. because you've been through it before, a lot of times you feel like you're starting over again. Yeah. Like, how could I possibly be called to start this over again? I do not have the energy But what I've realized about pain and moving forward is that we're never starting over. Pain isn't linear. It's more like a spiral staircase. And so even if you feel like you're starting over again, you're actually, you've been climbing. And so you're not starting over. You're still moving forward. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that's my complicated answer is that it can be both. Yes and no. So there are some similarities with my the story that happened in, in my family because it happened at a very similar time that yours did. And they went into the hospital. My sister's baby was a full term, which, you know, everybody, every loss is is so heavy and so devastating, whether it's 40 weeks or 16 weeks or whatever it is. And the same thing, like we couldn't meet Blaze and And we always thought like, he'll be out of this and we'll be out of the hospital and everything will be fine. But she fought that battle. Like you fought that battle without her husband, without her family. He fought that battle by himself. And that just added an extra layer of why in the world, God, (laughs) like, I like how you just said that. Why am I, why am I meant to pass through this again? Why do I, I remember saying this prayer, like when we were actually able to meet him on that last day because they knew that he wasn't going to make it. And I was like, why in the world, God, do you give them this baby if you're going to take it away? It doesn't make sense. Like why you get the blessing to get it taken away. But that's why when I hear people speak of pain as this tool that unlocks a a new life in a lot of cases, it's very empowering because we're all going to experience pain and we all have experienced pain. So What I really love about how you talk about this and something that I feel like your journey, you talk a lot about reframing your thoughts. I had to reframe that thought in my head of like, why do you give this blessing if you're going to take it away? And like when I've had pain in my life, I've said the same thing. So I think that's a really powerful tool. And it's an extra step that I didn't used to take. I used to kind of jump past that step because I really wanted to move forward. But reframing your thoughts is a really powerful piece of here I am of the new book that I would love to talk about because some people might be still in the thoughts right now 
And, oh yeah, We're, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so easy to get caught in the in the thoughts and in the stories that we create and in the whys and the what ifs, and then it just it starts destroying us. Re- reframing your thoughts, I think, is one of the most powerful tools that you can do to get unstuck. Whether you've lost a job, whether you've lost someone you love, whether you've lost a relationship that you held really close to you, there's, there's a new story that we can create for ourselves. And I want to take fear, for example, because I think that a lot of times fear is kind of the feeling that also comes along with pain or even future pain that hasn't happened yet. We're afraid, well, what if I lose this person? What if this happens? Right now, we're trying to get pregnant again. I am absolutely terrified of getting pregnant again, but we want a baby so badly again that I'm willing to go through it. But once you go through something, you're like, well, what if this happens now? What if this happens, right? And we become afraid. So when I reframe my thoughts, the key is, is that I ask myself the questions so that I can come up with my own answers. First, I identify what is the overriding feeling that I'm feeling right now. And if we take fear, it's, man, like, why am I feeling this fear? So the question I ask myself is, well, what if it's not fear? What if there's a deeper, more true feeling and fear is just kind of masking itself because it's obviously afraid of something? So if it's not fear, what could it be that's a positive feeling? And then I realized, well, what if it's not fear? What if it's love? Mm -hmm. What if I love my children so bad, so deeply that that's, that's why I don't want to lose them. That's why I want to miss, don't, that's why I miss them so much. That's why I'm afraid of getting pregnant again, because I love them so much that I don't want to lose them. So once I can identify, I feel fear, but I feel fear because of the deep rooted love that I have. And no matter what happens, that love cannot be taken away. And you say like your mission is to help women. First, you list like in your book, there's a line, reframe their thoughts. Next comes reimagine their lives, which I love, which I'm assuming is free from fear and and, and trying to be free of all these like this is going to happen again. But like reimagining your life. I love it when I hear people say, yeah, but what if it all went right? What if it, what if it, what if it went wrong? Okay. Like we can make it through it. That's what this book's going to help us do. But what if it went right? I've been liking that one lately. And then reclaim their power and create a plan to start moving forward to the life of their dreams or to their dreams. And there's something that you did for me back when you lived in Nashville and, you know, Ashley and I were friends and Nashville is a small community where if you're in this space or a space uh, similar to each other. Ashley was always kind of in this motivational wanting to help people. Her whole journey with the Shine Project was, she has literally just been a helper of people in so many different facets for so long. And it's, I was really drawn to that in you. So we became friends and I went over to Ashley's house one day and I was at a point in my business where I felt a little bit stuck in what to do next. And just like Ashley, like we got a store, we got a podcast, we got a book, we have social media. I was wanting to do eBooks and who do you hire? Who do you not hire? Who do you? And I was kind of stuck. And Ashley brings me into her home, puts up a big old piece of post-it 
note stuff on her wall. And her and Mike start this thing for me called clarity mapping. So she just, she doesn't even tell me it's what she's doing, but I'm like, here's what I want to do. Here are the things that I would like to do. Here's, and she starts creating this, like, it looks like an abstract piece of art, this like really cool thing. And I pulled it out the other day because when I saw that here I am was coming out, I was like, I got to share this story because, and every single thing on it came true for me. And I think clarity mapping is a very powerful tool and one that I've not heard before. And I love a book that's a motivator, but has like teeth to it. Like, what do I actually do? I'm inspired, but what do I do? So clarity mapping is awesome. And you guys can read about it and here I am, but can you talk a little bit about clarity mapping? Cause it really helped to me personally in my own life. And for you guys to go out of your way and just do that out of the kindness of your own heart, it's just, it shows the type of people that you are too. So I want to share that story. No, I remember that when you came over because you had all these ideas that you wanted to do that are now that are now in full bloom, but you weren't sure, like, where do I focus? What do I do? And I think that reimagining our future, it, it gets really hard because we get overwhelmed with, well, what should I be doing? What do I want to be doing? What, what can I be doing? And, and so then we get stuck because we don't actually know what steps to take to bring them to life. So Section two in my book is called Reimagine Your Future with Clarity Mapping. And Clarity Mapping is the process that I created as I was trying to rebuild my life after such a big loss. So it starts with five questions. These questions are are questions that kind of revealed themselves to me as I was on my healing journey. Mm -hmm. And I'll go through them quickly. but But the first one is, what is my intention? What is it that you want to do in your life? So so for you, your, your whole intention is, is living fully. It's, it's helping other women live fully. For me, it's, it's helping women uncover their power. And so your intention helps you be able to say yes to things and also no to things so that you can stay on your path without the outside influence of other people who are trying to get you on to theirs. That's a really important part of, of clarity mapping. And then we go into questions like, why am I worthy for this? Who can I serve with this? What can I set down? Like, what do I need to stop carrying? Because it's so heavy and it can free up more space in my life. And who is the truest version of myself? And, and I phrase it specifically the truest version because I think a lot of times we hear, who, who's the best version of you? Who, how can you show up in the best way? But I think especially as women, when we think of the best versions of ourselves, we automatically often give answers that we think are acceptable to other people and what other people want to wear. Well, how can I be best for my boss or my husband or my kids? Or And so we start operating from this mode of, tr- of trying to fit into a role that someone else has for us. You know, you hear a lot in the self-help space about like, what's your why? But it's like, what? what's your why feels very big and like overarching and people are like, what's my why? Cause I want to, but like, what's your intention feels different to me because when I think of my intention, it makes it a, it makes it a whole different ball game. When I look at the podcast or merchandise or getting a person, a new hire or because that fits a lot better with that instead of just like looking at everything singularly, it gets it out of your head and it attaches it to, something that anchors what you're doing a whole heck of a lot better. You talk about in the book how on the journey, you need you. 
And I love that concept and like what you write about it. So let's talk a little bit about that because a lot of people, when they feel a certain way, I think they want to reach outside of themselves and they're like, what's the thing that I need to do? Who, which therapist do I need to see or which, what do I need to switch around in my life? But talk about like this whole idea of like, here's what you need actually. Yeah. So something that I notice and I often see is that there are a lot of really great experts out there who teach us things that help us on our path. And a lot of times, just because we live in a consumer world, (laughs) we're told that we need that expert advice because they're going to teach us how to X, Y, Z. And so we need them to be our guide. But I believe, (laughs) for example, my book, I Am Here, can help you be a companion on your journey, but you don't need me. You don't, you don't need me to reveal the truth of your life to you. You need you. And what that entails though, is, is a level of vulnerability that often we just, we need to feel supported having, we do need tools to support us. We need people who can support us. But at the end of the day, the answers that we are searching for, that we're spending money for, that we're looking outside ourselves for, they're inside. And something that, that I learned so deeply last year, so I was coming out of sepsis, I was coming out of a late miscarriage, just trying to wrap my head around everything. And I was very sick still. And I was going to so many experts, so many doctors, so many, like uh, literally all of the, all of the people. And I have a mentor. Uh, she's actually my yoga practitioner. She's amazing. She said to me one day, be, because people also kept telling me, I hope you get your rainbow. I hope you get your rainbow baby. As if the only way that my story would come to completion is if I were to get pregnant again. And, and there was something in that that didn't feel right to me, but I also, I want my rainbow. I, I want, I want that. She sat me down one day and she said, Ashley, what if the rainbow is you? Mm-hmm. What if the pain that you feel is actually inviting you to rise up to a higher level of life than you've ever lived before? And that invitation is actually revealing the most magnificent pot of gold at the end of these beautiful colors and the pot of gold is you and you are the rainbow no matter if a baby comes no matter if this thing happens it's it's already inside of you and I have loved that so much because I I also do think that many times as we're looking for other things to fix us we're also waiting for this miraculous story in our own lives to take place so that suddenly everything makes sense. So I lost this relationship, so this could happen, or this had to happen, so this could happen. And while sometimes that is true, often life just is. And we are here to experience and learn and grow. And sometimes in this life, we do not see why something happened the way that it did, but we can feel confidence in the fact that no matter what, we're, we are the rainbow that we're looking for. And so now it's time to develop and uncover ourselves and finding things that can support us in doing so. And you know what I like two things that you said in that I really, I really love that you're telling your story, 
before the rainbow has happened because you've really, you are embodying everything that you're talking about. A lot of people tell this story after the rainbow has happened and it, as a reader or as a viewer, it's, you like the redemption story and you want to believe and you want to have hope. That's a very important part of life. But hearing someone who's still in the middle be able to say, but I am the rainbow is very powerful. There's three words that are so simple that have truly helped me so much on this journey. And they are, and so, and now. So let's say you're having a really bad day or, or you're, you're in the middle of a pandemic and it's very stressful, right? And so we can think to ourselves, man, I am so stressed. I am so overwhelmed. I am so weighed down. I am so sad, all of these things. But you know what's really cool about pain and experiencing life is that we can also feel joy at the same time. So right now you might feel pain, but what if it's, I feel pain and also joy because I just got to see my niece and nephew today, or I just had this really great conversation, or I just, yes, I, yes, I am hurt right now. And I'm excited for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. It just, it allows these two things to exist. Pain has taught me that pain and joy can exist. And that's really powerful because then we know that we're not going to be stuck in that feeling forever. And then the second word of, of so, it allows us to take our current situation and then create action to it. Because I think a lot of times when something hard happens, we feel like we're getting stuck in it. Yeah. Let's say you just got turned down for another job interview and you're very stressed about it. And, and so you go home and you're like, man, like I am, I am so overwhelmed right now. I am so, I am, I'm, I'm defeated. I am, I'm overwhelmed. And, and if you leave it at that, there's no action, there's no movement. But if you can go home and say, I'm very defeated that I didn't get this job and I'm upset. So tonight I'm going to, I'm going to make myself a bubble bath and then tomorrow I'm going to start again. It, it so creates this bridge. I, I think a lot of times we get stuck because we don't know what comes next, yeah. but so allows us to have movement in that moment mm -hmm. so that we don't have to feel stuck there. And then the last word is now when we feel stuck, when, when we feel defeated, a lot of times it feels like that feeling is going to last forever. The pain is going to last forever. That's what it feels like. But if we can add now onto the statement, like I feel I'm in a lot of pain right now, yeah. right now I am. And so then now allows you to bring back you to your present moment to feel it while also knowing that now isn't going to last forever. Yeah. And so you have permission to feel how you do, but also hope that tomorrow it's going to feel different. And so, and now, and those are just like tiny words, but that really reframe such a big thing. And what I really love about, and, and that you've put it in your book is sometimes for some reason, people on the outside tend to judge what is on the inside of someone who's just experienced something really hard by their emotions. So if they are experienced, if they seem like they're doing okay, or they're experiencing joy, or they're showing up on social media, or you see them a certain way one day, you assume, 
wait, but this has happened? Like, you're doing great. You know, people forget that, like, it's just this dance and it's this one day you feel fine and one day you don't. I can still remember, like, when we were in the hospital that day, that terrible, terrible day, there was this moment where I brought in the this cabbage because my sister was trying to stop her milk supply, which you know about that, too. And my OB said, bring these cabbage leaves and put them in the bro-. And we just had this moment where we laughed about that here in this room with this baby. And it's just like, you really can, in the middle of these really dark moments, like find these little spots of laughter or hope or joy. And unfortunately, sometimes people on the outside, they, they tend to say, well, they're doing fine. Or, well, they must, that must not have affected them that much because they seem to be moving on really fast. And, and that's, it's frustrating when I see people judge people's grief or moving on process because it's so individual and it's so (laughs) and-y. I really like it that you've put that in the book. I love it that like in the last 10 years or so, shame has really come to the forefront in a lot of self-help conversations or a lot of motivation. Like I love it that we talk about the hard stuff along with the let's feel power and joy and unleash everything because it's such a big piece that holds a lot of people back. So talk a little bit about that, because I think sometimes people don't even realize that that's holding them back because they've just been like that for so long and and thought about themselves like that for so long. So how do you get through that to go from fear to freedom, like you say, you know, in your book? Well, and sometimes we even feel shame about feeling shame. (laughs) So I think it's this this cycle. (laughs) It's like, well, I shouldn't even be ashamed, but I am. And then that's just this cycle. And I, I think that, I think that shame stops our lives in a way that nothing else does. We we're afraid that we're going to feel shame. If we fail, we're shamed. We feel shame. If we have failed, we, I remember after my miscarriage, the amount of shame that I felt just looking at myself in the mirror at my body, who I felt failed myself, but more importantly, my baby. And then that means failed my husband because this baby wasn't brought into the world. I mean, the, sh- the amount of shame that I felt just existing because I felt like, like, how could you have done this? How could you have not protected our child? How could you have just like literally exploded like this? It made me not want to see anybody. It made me want to retreat. It made me feel very uncomfortable with who I was, but I couldn't change any of it. It was like, it was just trapped inside of me. And so then that's when I had to start reframing my thoughts so that I could create a new story. And I think that, that shame, shame feels dark to me. It, it feels like shame is those places in our lives that we're afraid of allowing other people to see. So we, we try everything that we can to keep them hidden and secret. Yeah. And in that secrecy, it then leads to loneliness and then it leads to anxiety and, and us just feeling paralyzed doing anything because what if we're exposed? What if they find out the truth about me? What if they figure out that I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. I shouldn't actually have a seat at this table because I'm not as smart as anyone else. Right. It's just these, it's these stories. And, yeah. and that's why I think that connecting with others, that healing, that, that really doing, I say this 
the work I do, the, the books I write, they're not for everyone. They're not. Not yet anyway, because you have to be ready to do that, that deeper hard work on yourselves to be able to let, to set down things like shame, shame, but then invite yourself into the root of why you feel that in the first yeah. place so that you know what it is that needs healing. I mean, that's freaking hard. Sometimes it feels like just feeling shame so that we don't have to go any deeper just feels easier mm. because it is easier, but yeah. healing healing can come. And when healing comes, I think that shame stops its grip on us so much. Everybody, especially women, we all have these journeys with our bodies. I have two. And you stay, I remember this picture. I think you're like standing by the trash can with the scale in a dress or something. And you're like, I'm throwing the scale away today. And you document these, these moments in such a beautiful way, creatively. You've done it with a lot of really sad and hard things that have happened in your life. And then you do it with things like this. And I think it's Instagram is a visual platform. So when I saw that, I'm like, what is she doing standing by the trash can in this formal gown? And then like you read the post and it's, it's, it's really amazing and, and profound. And, and you talk about like, like we've heard before, like the, the number on the scale is not the number that values you. But it's funny because like, even though you're a person that's probably known that for a long time, it took you a long time to throw away the scale. For some reason, sometimes things that bring us stress also we we like it because it's like weird? This, <laughs> this pattern that we just feel safe in. And my my relationship with my scale got really bad after my miscarriage because I had a postpartum body without a baby, and everything changed. And I just wanted everything to go back to normal. So it was like. The only thing I felt like I control was, well, let's at least get my weight to normal because I don't feel normal and I'm not going to feel normal for a while, but I need my weight to get back to normal. And my sister like, did the same thing. Yeah, oh, it's that's interesting. so mm -hmm. dangerous. It's so painful. And so then finally, I mean, it took me a long time, but finally at the beginning of this year, I was like, this is the year I don't weigh myself and just dump that sucker in the trash. Dump that <laughs> sucker in the trash. Well, that was a really cool post and I love it that you show up like that for everyone to see and a lot of people hold those things inside of themselves and then they see somebody else doing it on Instagram. And then you can see in the comments, like, it's almost like they're sharing with a stranger this thing that they've held inside of them. I see it in your comments. I see it in my comments. And it's a beautiful thing about so social media. Wait, is this you it? I just, you, sorry, I just cut you off. But you saying that just like close this loop because we were just talking about shame. Maybe when other people see others set down the thing that they're ashamed of, it's like they have permission to set down the shame of it too. And that it's not actually this dark, scary thing that they have to be Absolutely. ashamed of because someone else is acknowledging it. And so then they can let it go too. Absolutely. That's the and thing think, of shame. I think there's something really powerful in images of it because words are powerful, but images and seeing someone, seeing your face and you holding your scale and in your life, there's something really powerful about that, which is why I love the platform of Instagram, especially when people show real life things and it's not just the outfit or the shoes. It's like the, tr the grief. It's like you, gosh, all those pictures of you in the hospital, they're really hard to see. But in you sharing those, you give every woman that's ever had a miscarriage, ever had a DNC, ever this this amazing image of something that maybe they went through and haven't shared or 
or or hope because you were sharing the pain, but you were also sharing at the same time the the joy and the freedom and the or the the love. Yeah, and that's that's really powerful, Ashley. Like that that image was powerful. All the images that you share are powerful, and the writing that you share is powerful, and it's it's all amazing. And something else that I want to talk about before we close are the mantras, <laughs> because I think that. There's six mantras in the book. Is it six? Yeah. Six. Six. Okay. So whenever people ask about mantras, sometimes they kind of like say it with a chuckle, like, okay, well, what do you say in the mirror in the morning to make you do that? Or, or they, they'll do them with their kids and they're just kind of these fun things. But I've gone back and forth with mantras. Mantras are very powerful when you believe mantras. You know, you talk about like getting getting to the mantras. You talk about the mantras that you tell yourself. And I really love the mantras in this book. So I want you to share a little bit about those. Maybe if you share some of the mantras, you don't have to share them all so that people will get the book. But, okay, I forgot what the... I, I know that the, the mantras are in there and I didn't write down all the mantras, but I remember that I really liked them. So I'm like, what one should we choose? So, well, one of them where I talked about, which is I am the rainbow and, and everything that that means. So I give the, I give the mantra because, because this section is about reclaiming your, your power. And I believe that if we can claim who we are, even if we don't believe it yet, but we want to, that that's a way of taking our power back. So I am the rainbow is one of them. Another big one that has really impacted me is I am safe. A lot of times things happen in our lives and we don't feel safe to, they, we don't feel safe in, in life anymore. We don't feel safe to use our voice. We don't feel safe in our bodies. We don't, we just, we don't feel safe and uh, relearning that we are safe and, and what that means is really powerful. Mm-hmm. One specifically that I will talk about is I am loud. When we were in court for two years for the, our first two kids that, that we lost, I was not allowed to use my voice in court for two years and we were not allowed to tell anyone what was going on. Or so, was, And you were like a public person then too. That's, I remember that part of that story. Like on social media, you're used to sharing your family, you're sharing your kids, you're sharing. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, where are the kids? Why aren't you showing? Like, cause you couldn't. Mm-hmm. I couldn't oh. and I couldn't say anything. And anything I did say online, it, everything I said online was used against me. You know how words can be manipulated. Even if the kids weren't apart, my whole life was manipulated where I was so afraid to say anything. So the court case is finally over. I'm writing my first book. I'm starting kind of to speak again. I'm telling people online what has happened to our family. I am kid you not, up until just a few months ago, honestly, when I would start to speak, I would get this huge lump on the right side of my throat, like right where your glands are, start swelling up to the size of a golf ball. It, would, it, it was like my voice was so afraid because I'd been suppressed for so long wow. that I couldn't speak. My voice would go out. If I were to have a podcast interview like this two years ago, there would be moments where my voice would stop speaking and I'd have to stop, take water. And so that's one of the, the things for me that's been really important is I am loud. I have permission to be loud. And I think that there's a lot of us that we have felt silenced during times in our lives, or we've been told that 
being good also means being quiet, you know, being young, growing up. And so then we grow up and we're like, well, why is it so hard for me to, to share my feelings? Why is it so hard for me to speak up? And so I am loud. I love that chapter in the book because it, it really, it really is a statement, a mantra that has changed my life and that, and also knowing that it's okay to be loud. It's okay for you to use your voice. Yes. Yeah, it is. It's another one of those women things that sometimes we think that, and it can even be, you think you need to be quiet because you're trying to do something good. Like you're trying to serve people or you're trying to be, you're just every bit of energy and and voice and everything you have goes into your children or your, or your marriage. And And you don't want the attention on you or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I really love the mantras and in so much of this book too. And you know what I really love too? I think that timing is a, is a funny thing, especially like when big projects like this are coming out into the world. And you and I both had had our books initially slated for one time and then they got pushed. And I totally believe that it's like for a total reason. So your book was, you were set to write this book or you wrote this book before everything that happened with Jason. You said you kept feeling like there was this hole in it. Like there was something else that needed to be in it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, then th- that happened. And then now you're releasing the book on in May of this year, May the 4th, which I love because it's like, isn't that the week of Mother's Day or like very it's close to Mother's Day? the week of Mother's Day. Day. And it, there's what something a special like, gift. It, it this has could be, chills. Yeah. <laughs> I have chills because it wasn't originally supposed to be that way. But now I'm like, the amount of women that this is going to help whether they've been through a loss or whether they are a mom who are just in the thick of what do I want for my life? Like, how can I find myself again? Cause I'm lost in so many things. I feel very honored, honestly, that specifically that week that I can walk on more people's journeys with them and let them know that they're just not alone in whatever circumstance life has brought them. Yeah. That's it's really cool. And what's really cool is like you felt that that missing piece was was the the baby that you that you had was Jace. And you I love it that we've talked about, you know, this whole time, like you being the rainbow. And and it's funny that people say a book is like a baby in a way. And it's just kind of like this is a little bit of the first rainbow baby. I truly believe you'll have a rainbow baby, rainbow baby one day, 100 percent. I don't doubt that at all. But in the meantime, what a beautiful rainbow baby book that yeah, that your the baby, rainbow baby book. I love that. That your baby <laughs> was a part of and is a beautiful part that's going to help a lot of people who aren't to their rainbow yet. It, it's really cool how that all worked out. And I'm I'm really happy to have been able to bring this to my listeners today because I know a lot of people have experienced loss and pain and may still be stuck in it that are listening to this right now and that want to live better lives and they want to feel happier in their day to day. And this is just going to be such a, such a gift to them. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me share it with you. And I will also add that when I knew something was missing from this book, I turned it, this book in a month before we lost Jace. And I told my, you were pregnant with Jace. I was pregnant. Oh yeah. So it was a month before. And you were like in the safe zone. You're almost at second trimester. Uh Yeah. I was in the second trimester. And I told Mike, there's something missing. I don't know what it is, but this book's not finished. I don't know. Maybe it's a third book. I don't know. But when Jace came, that's not it. So our baby's name is Jace. And that's not a name that I'd ever thought of before, really heard. But when he was born, I'll share with you that I knew his name was supposed to mean healer. 
that he came to help heal parts of me that were kept in the dark for a long time. And so I was looking up names. I'm like, what means healer? And then there was Jace, which is why we named him Jace. And it does feel really cool that this rainbow book baby gets to come out around Mother's Day, where now a lot of healing can help happen in a lot of other women's lives too. So I'm just grateful. So thank you for letting me share about I am here with all of your people. Of course, of course. And I'm going to put Ashley's um, first book, Born to Shine, which had this amazing rebirth last year too. It's, It's really cool how like books books can like come out and then it's like they can have a second wind and that's just, it was really powerful. And then like, you know, this book is just going to crush it out of the gates. I just know it. So I'm going to put the link to Ashley's first book. I'm going to put the link to here. I am of course that we've talked about today to her podcast, the I am here podcast. I am here. Yeah. Yeah. So the books I am here and then the podcast is the I am podcast. I am here and I am here. Okay. I said, here I am. I know what the book's called. I, I read the book. <laughs> so I am here. Uh, it's just going to be an amazing, amazing thing for everyone that reads it. And I think it's a great Mother's Day gift too to any mother. And I'm going to link everywhere that Ashley is on socials and everywhere you can find Ashley Lemieux. So thanks, Ashley. Tell me when you come back to Nashville, okay? I know. It's time. And then I can't wait for your book to come out in the future. And we're just... I love you. Thanks for I having me. I love you. You're just the best. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode with Ashley Lemieux. I'll leave everything in the show notes. And Ashley, thank you again for coming on today and sharing your story. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on Living Fully with Mallory Irvin. And remember to subscribe so you don't miss a single minute of encouragement and inspiration to live your best life. Want more? Join us on MalloryIrvin.com so we can connect with you on Instagram and YouTube. Start living your life now. You've only got one. We'll see you next time.